The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The attack in Toronto today again, nine killed, 18 injured. Um, as more developments and more information released, we'll get it to you uh, ASAP. Absolutely as fast as possible. Yeah, we're uh, monitoring our uh, sister station, Global uh, 640 talk in uh, Toronto. So they're broadcasting and we're listening. So as they have something available, we'll bring it to you uh, right away. We were talking about uh, Humboldt as well a moment ago. And I just want to make mention before we move on to something else uh, about this article with regard to a website Mm. uh, called Ever Here website. And we've seen stories like this before and it's disappointing, and but it's worth just bringing to people's attention so that you understand in case you trip across this website what it is or websites like this. But what it is is uh, somebody creates a website and they glean from the Internet uh, obituaries and then they repeat, they cut and paste those obituaries and offer um, a vehicle by which to send flowers or buy candles or, um, you know, in some way uh, demonstrate your remorse for the loss of a life, but they're in no way connected to the victim, their families, or to any fundraising efforts. And that's the case here. Um, this site, Ever, what did I call it? Uh, ever Here, I think it's called. Yeah, okay. Ever, Ever Here. Um, they're offering candles, flowers, and other arrangements for um, for victims of the Humboldt crash. And what makes it even more disgusting, honestly, uh-huh. is that they're not even getting the facts right. Uh-huh. Um, they've got uh, the wrong birthplaces, wrong birthplaces, birth yeah. yeah, it's nothing more than just bottom feeders looking to make a little bit of money off of somebody else's tragedy. And there's some concern too about copyright infringements as well. There is that. I think that's probably uh, those involved in uh, lawmaking are trying to find a, a mm-hmm. kind of a backdoor way mm-hmm. to shut down sites like this to say that well, if you cut and paste an obituary, is that trademark infringement? The problem becomes that if it's just a factual thing, um, if it's, um, you know, name, birth date, um, that sort of thing, that possibly that sort of information is not protected by trademark uh, legislation. So, but just keep that in mind. I know whenever there's a tragedy, and we'll see it here with this Toronto incident as well, where people will want to raise money or help victims or help uh, uh, families of victims. Just wait. Let's, Let's get the official sites or or the official recommendations for how you can help if you want to help or but uh but just don't don't trust every site that comes up anytime that there's a tragedy there will be people trying to profit to yeah. profit yeah. off of it um you, you know those folks they're the they're the lowest of the lows they really are they're, and they're, they're the bottom suckers you know so. and this particular site it, it says bottom on the site uh, and I'm quoting from their site. Uh, There's no obligation for anyone to purchase anything from our website. It's just there so people have the option to make things simpler for those who wish to send flowers. And and basically what it is is, uh, and I would ask that, by the way, if you're in the business, uh, if you're a florist or if you're um, a store, a vendor that sells these sort of items, disassociate yourself with sites like this. Basically what it is, they're just, you say, well, yes, I'd like to send flowers to mm-hmm. the victim, uh, you know, the victim's family, and they'll they'll forward it to a local florist. They're, 
don't take that order. Don't take that business. As you know, we've been telling you that a number of the victims in the Toronto attack today taken to Sunnybrook Hospital. Here's an update right now from officials there. Loved ones were involved in this incident. You may contact our Family Information and Support Centre. The telephone number is 416-480-4940. That's again 416-480-4940. Sunnybrook would like to thank the first responders, emergency medical services, police services, and the many teams in our hospital who have responded to the situation. Thank you. Doctor, are any of the victims or any of the people you're treating right now children? Uh, the victims that we have here are adults. What can you tell us about the two people who succumbed to their injuries? Uh, I don't have details about uh, any of the injuries, either in the uh, two individuals who were pronounced deceased or in the, uh, the ones who are still receiving care at this time. But they've been positively identified and their family has been notified, the two victims who are deceased? Still in a process of uh, identification and confirming identification. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, if family members uh, believe that they may have someone who's been impacted by this, uh, there's, there's a telephone number which I can read again at the end of the uh, statement to, uh, to contact if they wish further information or how they can proceed here to, uh, to assist further. Is, is the suspect one of those being treated inside? Is anyone in there in custody? Not that I'm aware of. Doctor, the hospital takes in some uh, about a thousand trauma patients a year. You've had 10 today? That's correct. So the, the the ten individuals who came in all came in as as trauma patients with all with with varying levels of injury. Have you ever seen anything quite like this? This is a situation being described by an EMS supervisor, by police in the city, as unprecedented. Uh, the circumstances certainly are are unprecedented, and I think uh, I think it's a situation that we all we all prepare for. And as a regional trauma center, uh, we practice, we drill for code orange procedures, and our teams were prepared, and I think they acted uh, in in an incredibly coordinated fashion and to provide the care to the people that were brought to us today. What does Code Orange mean? Code Orange is a situation where there's uh, an external disaster or incident where there's a number of individuals who are arriving at the hospital beyond the normal numbers where we have to mobilize additional resources to manage the patients that are coming in. When was the last time you would have had a Code Orange? What would... I mean, this is uh, uh, almost unprecedented, as, as you've noted. I'm, I'm, I'm not certain the last time Sunnybrook had a code orange. They, they do occur from time to time, and we, uh, we sometimes prepare for an incident that, that fortunately in those circumstances doesn't turn out to be as serious as this one today. Uh, but fortunately, our teams were prepared and were able to act today. Dr. Kess, you said in the statement, you said three people were in serious condition. However, in the statement that we have here, it says two in serious condition, one in fair. Can you just clarify? That's correct. The one individual in fair condition has has been upgraded to serious. There's a question over here. I want to ask you a have gone into surgery at this hour? How many patients have gone I, I, I don't have the numbers of who has gone to surgery and who has not at this point. So are you, you, again, you fair, age the, range of some of the people that you're treating? I don't have ages right now. Some some are not yet identified. I don't have ages. Sir, you the have five in people in serious. That's correct. One, the individual who was in fair condition initially was since upgraded to serious. Doctor, do you any more detail about exactly how serious uh, those are? Are they life-threatening? Are you worried about... Uh, so, so... Certainly, it's early in the process of their care. 
We want to make sure that we're, we're able to assess all of their injuries before we make any sort of uh, more definitive statement. But at this point, there's five that are, that are the most seriously injured that are classified as critical and three, and three that are serious. Doctor, the five that are in critical condition, I mean, what we've heard from witnesses is this is a van that literally drove through people. Can you discuss the nature of some of these serious injuries, please? Well, I, I wasn't one of the care providers, so I couldn't speak uh, to, to their injuries per se. Uh, but, but certainly there was a range of injuries, uh, including some very serious injuries. How many doctors and nurses would uh, we're in the process of connecting with families. I know some some have arrived and we've connected with. There's there's others that we have not yet. What can you, can you speak say to about the, your conversations with them? Uh, I've not been involved in the conversations with any of the family, so I couldn't really speak to that. Can you speak to the, the mobilization of staff that you would have had to enable in a code orange? Sure. So, so we got an initial um, pre-alert call shortly after this happened that there was a potential that we would be getting multiple uh, patients. We activated. 3:15. You've been listening to um, Dr. Dan Cass. He is the medical officer at uh, Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto, where a number of the injured were taken after that attack today. Again, would we'll tell you that there's nine dead, 16 injured. Five of them are in critical condition. Three in serious. Um, uh, the hospital right now, they're being describing, describing it as a bit of organized chaos, is that code orange is in effect as people who were on days off were called in to make sure that they had what they needed there to handle this um, this mass um, this mass incident. Yeah, we've uh, been listening this afternoon as well and hearing about uh, alterations made to the subway line mm-hmm. to uh, move people around and where you can and cannot go in Toronto. One of the questions that was asked here, and I see one of our texters is asking as well, there is a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs game uh, scheduled for tonight. Uh, they take on the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no word that that game has been cancelled, delayed, moved, uh, or anything like that. But if that's the case, again, we'll bring that information to you as soon as we have it. 316 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. A quick break here. Back with more after this. Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale still saying today, too early to say if the attack, the uh, van attack in Toronto today is terror related. We can tell you just around 1.30 Toronto time, police started to get a phone call about a van who had jumped the curb and was mowing down pedestrians along Young Street mm-hmm. and then would go back down on the road, pop back up. It's a, a stretch of at least about a kilometer um, along Young Street. Along the way, nine people killed, 16 injured. Yeah, we don't know uh, much more than that. We do know that the suspect is in custody. His motive still unknown. That information will be made available to us, I'm sure. Uh, we spoke earlier to uh, Karen Lieberman from uh, a Global Television in Toronto. Um, She had described, as you just mentioned, the crime scene perhaps a kilometer long, uh, north, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, stretching all the way uh, through North York. That's just a very busy street, and we mentioned earlier as well, you know, Young Street uh, basically goes from downtown Toronto to almost Ottawa. I mean, that it becomes a highway at some point. So uh, that's a major arterial road of uh, Toronto, and that's where this took place. Um, police were able, a single police officer would appear from the uh, video, was able to apprehend the suspect uh, at a street off of Young uh, shortly after this occurred. He's in custody. And at the time, um, from the video, he's holding something in his hand 
demand in a threatening manner. The police officer is not buying it. Um, he then says he's got a gun in his pocket. The police officer again says, I don't care, get down, and did manage to uh, subdue and arrest the individual. So that information, again, will get uh, more to you as it comes available to us. And just watching that video that Andrew was describing right now, and it is quite amazing to see it as he pulls out something that some people suspect is a gun, others people is it, it, it could be a cell phone. We don't, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's walking towards the police officer. The police officer takes two steps back and then starts walking directly towards him like, like no, no, buddy. Mm-hmm. I know what you just did, and you're coming down right now. You know, so yeah, it's, it, it's unreal video. It's, Absolutely. It's a small point. Um, but the other thing, too, can I just yeah. say, as the people walking out the doors right behind the suspect in this case, who's got whatever it is, if it's a gun or not, pointed at the police officer, they're just walking out. It's a sunny day. They're going for a stroll at lunch. And then turn around, and, and this is going on right behind them. Mm-hmm. 50 feet behind them. Yeah, it's it's an amazing contrast, honestly, to see the police officer go into uh, action to adhere to his the training. And, and I was going to say it's a small point, but at the beginning of the video, as the police officer arrives, um, he turns off his siren and closes his door. <laughs> and th- it, those are just two instinctive moves. He's going to try and uh, yell at the suspect, so he turns off the siren. Uh, so that the suspect can hear him. He yeah. shuts the door uh, because if you're going to be away from your cruiser, you always shut the door. It's just amazing to watch first responders uh, and how they act. Their training just takes over. And uh, we'll, I'm sure, learn the identity of this police officer as well if we don't already know it. But um, just an amazing job on his part to locate the suspect, uh, to apprehend the suspect, and do so without firing a shot. And at one point, there is video of the, the cruiser coming up to talk to a group of people on the side of the road, and off he goes again. Yep, so yep. it's like, that way, yep. that way. But yeah, the crime scene is a long one. The investigation is going to be complex, as you know um, from our situation here in, in Edmonton um, from September 30th. Um, and, and how long that has taken. There are nine people dead in this attack in Toronto, this van attack in Toronto. There are 16 injured and uh, people describing the scene today. Everyone was just screaming. I ran because everyone was running, so I only saw the first lady get hit. It looked like people were really just running for their life, like people were running in front of moving vehicles to flag a cop down. He hit him pretty hard. He was going, I think he was going 80 at least. He flew like four or five meters and was dead right away. We tried helping him, me and a few other people, but he was dead. Unfortunately, uh, three people here that I saw seen with my own eyes. You they, saw people get hit? Yeah. And I saw just a bunch of people lying down on the ground, motionless, lifeless. That old lady there, she for sure didn't make it. Her leg was half severed. I think I'm in shock. Watching people that are on the sidewalk already hit. And I'm trying to see what is going on. You, at that moment, you don't know what to do. Your body, your mind, your body, everything goes up. It's up in the air. You're just, you're looking at body parts now. I'm looking at people one by one on the sidewalks. Wow. 
And uh, as we mentioned, the uh, Federal Public Safety Minister, Ralph Goodale, is in uh, Toronto right now. There's some G7 meetings going on there right now. When he spoke to the media, he said simply there's just no concrete answers right now and refused to put a label on this attack at this at this moment. We cannot uh, come to any firm conclusions uh, at this stage. Uh, the uh, the police are conducting, uh, obviously, their uh, their uh, thorough investigation to determine exactly what happened uh, and why it happened, the motivations involved. Um, but until until they are able to provide us with uh, with details um, that uh, that put this completely in a factual context, it would be uh, it would be inappropriate to to speculate. I can though say that um, uh, there is uh, complete cooperation and collaboration uh, among all of the relevant uh, police organizations uh, to make sure that all the appropriate resources are made available uh, and that we get the answers that uh, you and the public would want uh, just as rapidly as possible. Federal Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale went on to say it looks like the threat, the threat level will not increase in Canada. There is uh, no information available to me at the present time that would uh, indicate uh, a, a, a change in the risk level. Uh, the appropriate authorities of the Government of Canada in collaboration with, uh, uh, with all of their relevant law enforcement partners are constantly assessing and reassessing the nature of risk uh, in the country from whatever source it may come. Uh, if uh, they conclude uh, that a change is appropriate, that uh, uh, that decision is uh, is made uh, by the key senior officials within the Government of Canada. But there is no information, and I think it's important to state this, there is no information uh, available to me at the present time that would lead us to conclude that there should be a change in risk level. Just want to add, uh, and uh, he paraphrased it better than I could. I know that uh, from our taxi line and uh, elsewhere, uh, people want the media to rush to say that it's a terrorist attack. Um, terrorist organizations want to take credit for terrorist attacks and there's no um, decision made among news organizations to call it something different for any other reason there's no agenda at play here if a terrorist organization steps up and takes credit for this or if it's determined by police that that was the right. uh, the motive then we'll be the first ones to bring that to you you have the luxury of speculation we do not we're the news so as we get those facts we'll bring them to you when we know them to be facts I'm talking about facts. Eileen Bell has them coming straight up. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.